This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. I recently went to their Brentwood location to treat myself to a spa day. In addition to having a wonderful and deeply therapeutic massage, I really appreciated how peaceful and relaxing the spa environment is. The lounge that is available for guests pre and post treatments felt like a little sanctuary and retreat away from the outside hustle and bustle of LA. We are so excited to now be able to offer our listeners a discount at all milk and honey spas, including both LA locations in Culver City and Brentwood. We are even more excited to partner with them to offer a spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat, a 60-minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And for all our listeners in any location, their online boutique offers products from the milk and honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Supergoop, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Courageous wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any milk and honey location with code CW podcast, visit milk and to find a location near you. And if you want to try the courageous wellness spa package at a special discounted rate, use the code courageous wellness retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. And you can find all this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Courageous Wellness Podcast. Uh, we have a great episode for you today with our new, new-ish friend, Julia, all the way from Poland. Um, but b- before we get into her formal intro, we're just going to do weekly updates as we usually do. Um, Erica, do you want to kick us off with like what what's your weekly update or what you've been enjoying? My weekly update. I'm happy to share that things are much better with the puppy this week. We're getting into a rhythm. We're getting into a routine. She wakes up one to two times a night, but you know, it's doable. It's definitely doable. My husband and I are on shifts. We're making it work. We're getting sleep. I feel much more rested than I did last week. Although of course, last night before this recording, she woke up three times, which, um, three is a little tough, but usually it's one or two. So we're getting into a rhythm and part of what's helping me get into that rhythm is having like just rituals that I can really look forward to be it like Mm -hmm. my skincare routine at night and the morning. Like I'm really into my skincare routine right now because it's time for myself. And, um, I'm, I'm mostly back on matcha as I think I shared last week because my anxiety needs matcha more than coffee caffeine right now. Um, you know, so I'm on matcha and I'm really happy because sprout living, who is one of our new sponsors of the show, they have a really great superfood matcha protein blend. And the matcha one I think has 17 grams of protein. Um, and it's filled with adaptogenic mushrooms as well, like functional mushrooms, which, you know, yeah. I'm all about, and it's been so hot in Los Angeles. I'm sure it's been so hot everywhere, but our AC went out this week too, which was awful. It's back on thankfully, but, um, you know, I love a hot matcha and I love like to make like a hot superfood matcha, but sometimes when it's really hot out a nice cold iced movie, matcha. Ice matcha is, is kind of what the doctor has been ordering. So I've just been making it with a little flax milk, a little MCT oil, and it's so good. And, um, yeah, it cools me down and I love starting the day with protein. I know that's so important for blood sugar balancing and sprout living is plant-based organic, no fillers, no junk, really good ingredients. And so, um, Yeah. The vanilla lacuma was my favorite before, but now that I'm back on matcha, I'm alternating between like a hot superfood matcha and on a really hot day, um, the superfood matcha protein blend from sprout living. And sometimes I do both. Sometimes I'll do like a hot in the morning and then like a afternoon matcha smoothie. And it's really nice. And it's definitely nicer than a cup of coffee, <laughs> like a second cup of coffee, which I was doing, um, yeah. which wasn't good for my anxiety, but yeah. So I'm really enjoying sprout living cool. products and the matcha. And then, um, yeah, I'm also consuming all the content season two of only murders in the building. I'm really enjoying that. I loved it. You recently saw, um, Martin short and Steve Martin in, uh, I was going to say in concert, but really like in live, live in conversation, in conversation. <laughs> it was, yeah, I went and I saw Steve Martin and Martin short at the Santa Barbara bowl and 
they were incredible. Actually, like Martin Short is very underrated. Like, I mean, I know he's very funny. And if you know, you know, but I think out of the two of them, like Steve Martin is more of the name, right? Like Steve Martin has yeah. been in more movies. Like maybe, you know, like maybe, icon- maybe over the years. Or, or the lead. Like Martin Short was also in Father of the Bride and he's in that iconic, he has that iconic part, but like it's Steve Martin's movie, Frunk. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So um, but Martin Short is a performer. Yeah. He's an incredible live performer as a nerd in this. I'm like, yeah, Martin. No, like I think he's in his seventies and the singing and the dancing and like the agility and the performance, like he, it was a great show. If they come to your town, I think they're on tour right now. Um, definitely go see them. It was a wonderful evening, but Martin short blew me away and it's made me, I think love now. So it's like, I liked uh, season one, a lot of only murders in the building. And I really like Selena Gomez, but, um, now I have like, I just think seeing them live, I'm like, really, I'm all in season two. Um, and it's a yeah. fun show for any podcasters out there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's definitely it's all about yeah. like a murder podcast, but they're like, I don't know. Uh, they're trying to actually be like detectives and kind of do self like self solving these, all these like murder mysteries, but creating a podcast at the same time. It's, it's funny. Um, yeah, I'll have to check out season two. I haven't, um, I haven't started it yet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I, I have a fun update that I attended a, the new moon event with Erica finally that, um, we had the Lauren O'Connell, Right. Mm-hmm. O'Connell, yeah, the modern astrologer, the modern astrologer. I just want to make sure I, has, I got the right last name for Lauren, <laughs> but, um, Lauren was on our show, the modern astrologer as she is what she goes by. And she's like super practical in her approach to all of the astrological stuff. Um, and I hadn't gone yet to an event of hers. She does them virtually because she's out of Chicago. And Erica invited me to the one this month and I really enjoyed it. It was really fun and it was a cool group of people. And um, yeah, Lauren like makes all that stuff really accessible and practical and like why, like gives you real reasons of like why it's of interest and questions and reflections yeah. and stuff. So I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, I appreciate that. She also did, um, a big donation from that event to abortion funds. Um, as we know, that's a hot it's really topic. important right now, really important. Yeah. No, I also love that Lauren empowers us to do it ourselves, right? Like she, through these events, she really teaches you how to read your own chart and figure out like where the moon is hitting you. And it was really fun for you to be there, Allie. I hope you come back to more. I will definitely be back. We'll link Lauren's, um, episode in the show notes too, because she's, she's really great. And I think it's so funny. It's like, everybody knows everybody from their handle. So it's like, of course you're like, what's her last name? I was like, is it O'Connell? Is it O'Connor? It's (laughs) O'Connor. The modern, but yeah. And yes, it was wonderful that she donated to abortion funds. It's very important right now. And yeah, we, I know we haven't really talked about it in our intros, but we've been just devastated, processing, angry, all the emotions and where we're ready. I'm, I'm ready to channel it into action, action. Actually, I'm going to quote Meghan Markle before we get into Julia's intro, but actually I, I think I sent it to you, Allie, but Meghan Markle and Gloria Steinem did a conversation, um, that was printed in Vogue. And I think, um, 
uh, they were interviewed about everything going on right now with, um, you know, women's reproductive rights and, you know, abortion care is healthcare. So, um, but she said, Megan Markle said something and I wrote it down because I really liked it. And she said, when you have anger, you have to channel that energy into something that makes a difference. That's what activism is. Mm -hmm. And that really spoke to me because I was, I'm so angry and sad. And then, um, Gloria Steinem said too, she said, we need to remember that hope is a form of planning. And if we aren't hopeful, we've given up. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's really hard to be hopeful in 2022. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, this is an international conversation. I know Julia is from Poland, yeah. so, you know, but in, in, in the United States right now, it's, it's really, um, it's rough. It's rough. Weak. Yeah. Um, speaking of hopeful, <laughs> I think that's a good transition actually into Julia's intro because she is a young voice that, um, is a hopeful voice and, you know, Gen, Gen Z has a lot on their plate, but, um, you know, meeting people like Julia has definitely, uh, even grown my hope about the future. So, um, should we, should we get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So today on the podcast, we welcome Julia Spohr. Julia is the host of the Being Better podcast and joins us all the way from Poland on this recording. Julia has a deep curiosity about the world and uses her platform to explore the factors that determine happiness, health, and relationships for human beings. On this episode, Julia shares her knowledge about sustainable fashion and sustainable living with wonderful tips on how we can all lead lives with more consciousness around consumption. Julia is a hopeful Gen Z voice, and we are so grateful to her for sharing her knowledge, youthful spirit, and reflections on the show today. You can also check out our episode on her show, The Being Better Podcast, which is linked in our show notes. And we actually talk all about um, women's health and the birth control pill and hormones and all that good stuff. So check it out and enjoy the episode. And we want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Milk and Honey. We love our partnership with Milk and Honey, both their online boutique and their in-person spas uh, in California, Texas, and now in Chicago. Um, Milk and Honey is a female-founded, female-funded company, and they believe that beauty is the result of health and wellness. They source and vet the highest quality ingredients, um, always hyper-clean, non-toxic, safe, and as organic as possible. And they don't make any compromises in their ingredient safety standards so that you can trust these products, um, that they're good for you and will always be 100% committed to that. So, um, if you're interested, you, we have a code for you. It's 20% off their online boutique or in spa for any of the treatments. And the code is CW podcast. So go to milkandhoney.com and use CW podcast at checkout for 20% off. Now to our episode. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. 
The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code COURAGEOUS15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 
15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Well, welcome, Julia. We are very excited to have you here all the way from Poland. This is the beauty of the virtual aspect of our world right now. And um, yeah, Eric and I are just excited to have this conversation with you. Um, So just to start off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about um, your personal journey, how it's gotten you interested in um, Mm. your own sense of wellness or how you define that? And then, and what kind of inspired you and your podcast to come out of that? Yeah. So basically, I think my relationship with wellness kind of is represented by how my definition of wellness has changed through years. Because, you know, when I started to get into that space, I thought of it more in like a productivity kind of fitness um, way. But I feel like through getting into the space, through making a lot of mistakes um, and through kind of listening to people that maybe are not, like maybe their advice is not as valuable. um, Then, uh, yeah, so through that, I've kind of sort of... um, hurt myself, I guess, a bit and, and learned that wellness is about prioritizing your health and your happiness. And, and sometimes that means that you actually have to be less productive. Sometimes that means that you have to, you know, eat more, sleep more, um, see your friends instead of working. And, and so I guess that I've, uh, entered this space through the kind of self-helpy books kind of situation that I think we all have. Um, But okay, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So I feel like when it comes to my journey with with wellness, um, started with with me being just such a movement-based person like I've been so I've always been a very active person and athlete and and I I made a whole episode about it I think there is this domino effect when it comes to like healthy habits um and so it always starts with one thing and for me that was movement so I've been a competitive swimmer for I guess like six years and it was amazing it was a great journey that taught me you know self self-discipline and um kind of self-control which i think is important but i've actually burned myself out through it uh, it was a lot of pressure from from the coaches from myself from teammates and it was a lot so um i decided to to stop to quit and and i decided to actually take responsibility for my well-being because you know that was a hard time I also by by then I mean I kind of developed some like disordered eating patterns and I was just unhappy with um with I thought that there should be more to life you know so I I still so I I needed movement because like without it I go crazy and it's my uh, one of my deepest joys so I started to run but I made this my own thing you know it was like this big switch because I did it myself I didn't really measure I didn't really know what like results in running were good so I just I just did it and and I learned and it was you know it was just my thing I did not have a lot of expectations so through that I've 
kind of get got into doing things for myself and and so um also because i wanted to heal my relationship with food i started to do, like research what types of diets like the best of runners and and triathletes um, eat that's when i stumbled stumbled upon veganism which was like another domino uh, which was so important for me uh, because it got me also into the community of more like spiritual people because a lot of people don't eat animal products because of you know ethical reasons so um so yeah, I got into that community and started to research yoga and mindfulness. And, and also that was the another domino, I think. And so I was so, I, I was so excited, you know, about finding out all of these amazing things, you know, how uh, mindfulness, how yoga, how, how running and, and all of the little tips, you know, minimalism that I learned. And, and I wanted to share, you know, share what I found with everyone. I just couldn't shut up about it to to my friends um and that's when I started to blog about it which was fun but I felt like it was kind of isolating um like you you could just you just wrote and and you didn't have that much feedback so that's when I decided to start the podcast which was like one of the best decisions of of my life I think uh because um I think like apart from that just being a great opportunity to meet amazing people such as you uh, and to talk about all of the things that uh, I love to learn about to improve my life, improve my happiness and and do like very research-based, um, yeah, just just ways to find, find ways to, to be better, <laughs> which is a shameless plug of the Being Better podcast. Um, also, I feel like it's great to have something that just keeps you accountable in, 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 developing your passion so if i can have like my first piece of advice for anyone listening is that whatever you are into if it's i don't know chess for example find yourself something that will keep you accountable in developing and growing in your passion so if it's yeah. chess i don't know find a chess club or, or start one or just i mean i don't know if i if why i chose chess as an example because i don't know i don't know anything about it but whatever um yeah, so I feel like I've been talking for an hour, but this is like <laughs> the long no, story short, basically. No, thank you. I um, it's so beautiful hearing your journey, and um, you're also you're so young, which I think is really inspiring <laughs> because you know, back to the beginning when you mentioned right, um, like this kind of evolution for you with what is wellness. Um, yeah. you know, I feel like Ali and I are at least a decade older than you at least. Um, but with that, you know, when we were growing up, wellness was so about, um, diet culture and yes. fitness culture. And, um, I, I think it's really beautiful, especially with your generation and Gen Z, what I find really inspiring is, and again, it's almost like the world you've inherited has forced you to be a little bit more awake, right? About, okay, well, wellness here, like how do I support my own physical, emotional, spiritual health and wellness and support like my community wellness? I feel like your generation is so much more awake already about yeah. the importance of community wellness because we're not going to have a planet to live on anymore if we don't, right? As you mentioned, yeah. your exploration into veganism, right? For ethical, spiritual reasons. So I just think that's really cool. And I know 
And I think it's really awesome that you were able to then create a platform, right. To not only hold yourself accountable, but share with others, right. Like let's learn and grow together. And that's like kind of how, um, Ali and I began, right. Like we saw the power in sharing personal stories in this umbrella of wellness and it's now become so much more of it. And it's our business and our passion and our baby and it's grown tremendously. And we have listeners all over the world, like you in Poland. Yeah, exactly. Cool. But just from that one inception of the power of sharing, right? Like the power of, um, not feeling alone. And I think a lot of us can feel so alone and that feeling that's, that's, I think the worst feeling of all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is like the, the biggest difference when it comes to like Gen Z and how we kind of switched up the definition of, of wellness and, and, and kind of productivity is because we could just, we could share, you know, that there is no difference between, you know, millennials, Gen Z, but the fact that we've grown up in this space mm-hmm. that is so, we are so inter- interconnected and we can uh, pass information so easily. And, and so I feel like it's just so much harder to like bullshit us, you know, um, because, because we, I think, I think there is the, the diet culture and the diet industry, um, you know, the self-help industry that has a lot of, you know, dark aspects. Um, yeah. It commodifies it. our insecurities, right? Like that's what so yeah, much exactly. has been. So it feeds on manipulation. And I feel like you cannot really manipulate people if they are so interconnected. And I feel like this is the biggest advantage of, of social media, which also has a lot of, you know, bad aspects of, of it. And that we all know about, however, the fact that we can actually discuss all of the, like right the, just the bullshit behind these these industries um you know just like a weird example of for example um the victoria secret show that was such a big thing and everyone was so crazy about it until people realized wait this is is this what we're supposed to be doing like waiting to like an entire year to see these models who starve themselves um, to show off their bodies um, that are being objectified. Uh, and should, should we spend our energy on that? And I feel like if you see the, the rapid decline uh, in how many people actually watched uh, these, uh, these shows in the recent years, this is like one of the examples of us just saying no to, to the bullshit. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And um, as you said, as you mentioned, there are upsides, you know, there's always complexity to everything. And there are upsides yeah. of social media. And oftentimes we do focus on the negative sides, which exist for sure. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the um, interconnectedness, the way to have um, communication, even with people like think about it. I even think about it in the context of us having this conversation right now. I don't know Mm -hmm. that, you know, five years ago, it would have been just so easy and it's all happened so quickly. And you're right. But even when you were sharing your story in the beginning about, um, experiencing what you felt to be a sense of burnout with your swimming, perhaps, or the culture around your swimming or the coaching or whatever that might be that you, felt that at such a young age, I think that maybe, maybe the only 
or one of the differences between just like the decade of, you know, the millennials to the Z generation is that I know a lot of friends who are now, we're now in our thirties, mid mid thirties for my, in my case. And it took us till our early thirties to an over a decade in workplaces to be like, is this what it is? Is this what mm-hmm. my life is? Is this exhaustion what it is? Like, this is what it's going to mm-hmm. be. Or do I want something different for my life? Or do I want, do I want to be able to step back and say, Hey, I actually have some agency in the way I spend my time. Yeah, absolutely. We have, you know, obligations and things like that, though, you know, the older you get, especially if you have like financial responsibilities and things, but there are ways to do it where it's like we were taught. And I think it, I don't know. I think it also had to do with like my, I'm a couple of years, just a couple of years older than Erica, but we graduated, at least in the United States, we graduated college, an entire generation into a recession. And so all of a sudden it was like, do this, do this, do this, do this. You're going to go to school. You're going to do this. And then it's like, poof, all of our jobs within like the first six months of graduation just sort of Mm -hmm. went away. And so Mm -hmm. things like that, where it's like, oh, it might, it might just take, have taken us a little bit longer to recognize burnout, to recognize that we have agency and choice and to hear you, you know, maybe a decade younger saying, Hey, like I felt burnt out with this. I want to explore. I want to use my curiosity to figure out how I can live a life that feels authentic to me and that there's evolution in that and that there's learning in that and that there's, um, places to go and grow within that. And yeah, yeah, it's just exciting. It's cool to see. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think maybe it's getting faster every generation because I mean, generations above us hope so. didn't have yeah. that, you know, yeah. maybe they, they like, just was like, oh yeah, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? Yeah. And this I is think- the courageous, courageous part. I think like yes. stepping, yeah. having the, the stepping back and asking, is it really all, all there is? And, and, and asking, like seeing that I have actually agency, um, to to change this i feel like this is the courageous wellness you know like the, yeah. the courage to to ask is it really all and maybe i can actually have it better even if it's going to be uncomfortable to get there uh, i think i'm willing to sacrifice a bit because i feel like i deserve i deserve better yes yeah i think it's so i think this is a really important conversation and i think it is like again we have focused so much and I feel like we've had so many conversations on like the negative side of social media, but I think this like courage to that Gen Z seems to have, right. Or that's happening younger and younger. I think it can be also the positive sides of learning to curate the media you do ingest on social media, because like, if you see, and, and I've recently started doing this myself where it's like, now they have like the favorite section that you can have on your, um, on your feed. So you only have to yeah. look like you can follow all these people, but you have this option. It's new. Maybe by the time this episode's out, it won't be so new, but you yeah. can curate who you see. And it's like, if you're inundated with people, businesses, brands, designs that light you up and that are hope filled and that, you can really curate your own like 
it, yes. it gives, it's, it's more of a step towards courage. And, and I do want to say, cause I know mm-hmm. we have listeners of all ages as well. And so I do think, right. Like there's, you can always transform and start over, right? Like it's not, Mm -hmm. I think it's so inspiring that the younger generations are doing it much quicker because it gives me much more hope for the future of the planet and the world. Mm -hmm. But I also know, right? Like all it takes is there are so many amazing men and women in their forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies who just start something and change the world. And even the Buddhist organization that Ali and I are a part of how we met was through our Buddhist organization. The, um, you know, it's an ancient Buddhist philosophy, but, um, we practice with the Soka Gaka international, which is value creation society. And the person who started that sect of it did it at 57 years old. He was an educator, he was a teacher. And he was like, let's start this lay, no priest, no clergy, Buddhist education society, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Right at 57 years old. And so I just want to share that because I know we do have listeners of all ages, but I do think it is really amazing that it does seem like your generation is getting this quicker and quicker. Like Ali, you were saying, like, mm. we don't have to just wake up at 30 and be like, is this my life? Like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, Julia, like now that you are in this space, you mentioned a couple mm-hmm. things about your interests as they've developed also in, um, you mentioned minimalism, you mentioned, uh, I think maybe before the show, we were talking about the idea of slow fashion, um, yeah. and sustainability. And, you know, I think it's probably a twofold conversation because as Eric and I've discussed too, it's like, it's very noble to do these things as an individual. Cause as you say, like you hold yourself accountable and we have like major corporations causing most of the climate change problems in our world. Um, but as far as like the individual efforts go and understanding, um, maybe just a few tangible things that we can, uh, take responsibility for as individuals, what would you suggest or what have you come across that feels impactful in your own experience? So like when it comes to slow fashion, mostly, um, I think like this is such a game changer. Like people talk about sustainability and how we can mitigate the effects of climate change, which I think it's a great conversation to have, but we are focusing on so many things that we don't have control over. We like we are talking about, you know, things that only governments and huge corporations can do, which is important also to discuss because then we can put pressure on them. However, um, I feel like a lot of my climate anxiety, which is also a big topic to to discuss, I feel like, um, is caused by by things that I actually cannot control, and so like finding yourselves yourself ways that you can actually impact and or like decrease your impact is so important and I feel like slow fashion and just like fashion overall is something that not a lot of people discuss and so like when it comes to slow fashion first we have to talk about fast fashion and and of course um, if you don't know for any listeners fast fashion is this method of uh, producing large amounts of very cheaply made clothes. And, you know, you can say that I don't care about fashion and I'm not interested in that, but I feel like if you wear clothes, then fast fashion 
is a problem that you should you should be concerned about. Um, so basically, you know, you have fast fashion giants like H&M or Shein or Zara or Primark, like really most of the stores that you have in your typical mall are uh, are just fast fashion brands. So what they do is they use trend replica- replication from, you know, these bigger, uh, better designers and, and use low quality materials in order to bring these very inexpensive clothes to the public. Um, and what this has done in the past 10, you know, 20, 30, I mean, I mean, let's say like in the past 50 years, probably it's that it has um, resulted in this worldwide worldwide growth in these overwhelming amounts of consumptions. Uh, and so unfortunately, this method has so many harmful impacts uh, on the environment, of course, uh, when it comes to like pollution, but also when it comes to like, you know, just getting the resources, because most of most of the clothes that you are wearing uh, contain plastics and like we we're talking about microplastics but just you know f- you know fabrics like polyester this is basically plastic this is this is you know um this is so bad for for the planet to produce but also it you know it stays um for like 400 years uh and yeah so this is also harmful not only for the environment so that's you know a big topic to discuss however you have to also think about that when it comes to fast fashion um it has tremendous bad effects on like the like economy and like societal i think like ethical impacts because most of these countries while they most of these companies while they are from countries like the us or the uk or or like european countries which are well off actually they base their factories in um in like poor countries with low minimum wages like Bangladesh or Vietnam. And basically they take advantage of these people who, well, they they make really dollars per hour, like like one or, or like sometimes they even get paid in like cents. And, and so they take advantage of these people and who work like really in terrible conditions. They work long hours, very often, the, people who are working are just children and you know they are the future of these countries and they should be working uh for to like develop these countries but actually are spending their time in those factories breathing in these harmful chemicals Uh, and then you know these um chemicals which are produced in the production process are then uh, polluting their rivers and their like agricultural land so, you know, it is super, like, it's extremely unethical. And it's also bad for, like, your wallet. Um, because uh, when it comes to fast fashion, these are extremely, like, it's super cheap. And it's so, I don't know, it's it's attractive to think that, you know, I want a t-shirt that looks like it's from, like, a Gucci uh, show. But, you know... I, I I know that it's it's cheap and it's it's uh, attractive. However, you th- have to think about, but that it is cheap because it's it's low quality and the longevity of these pieces is incredibly short. And so we actually end up spending so much more, um, even though these pieces are cheaper. You have to buy so much, and it's like for some people, shopping has become like a weekly activity. Um, 
and yeah, we buy so much, we consume so much. So yeah, I I guess this is fast fashion, and I feel like we it should it should be made uh, clear that if you uh, stand back from that and you say that you you don't want to contribute to that, this will probably like have a greater impact than a lot of like these very um, like discussed ways like I don't know using. Uh, reusable straws or something i think like if you don't contribute to fast fashion and and stop buying from these brands it has it will have such a greater impact um so like when it comes to slow fashion one of my favorite things to to like recommend to people is thrift shopping you know there are so many people who are hesitant about like buying secondhand clothing and i feel like okay if if you're not into that there are so many great ethical brands that you will find online Uh, however for me i feel like i i I, first of all i like the activity of thrifting and if i want to make sure that something is a better quality you can thrift online and find basically the same piece that you found new but you can you know find it on depop for example which is a great Mm -hmm. site uh, or like vinted or you know there are like in each country you have something and then you can find really like clothes that will be cheaper and that you will you know you'll give them second life Um, and there are so many benefits and yeah like (laughs) slow fashion is is something that I don't know why no many people discuss no it's thank you I mean goodness like you just educated all of us so much so thank (laughs) you for sharing that I think it's really important and I think people are starting to wake up to this concept of fast fashion, right? Like it's, it is being talked about more. I agree with you that it's not being talked about nearly enough. And we do live in such like a consumer society, right? Where it's like, I want this, I want it now. I want it fast. And like you said, all these fast fashion companies are mostly in malls or they're online and really cheap. And, you know, even like my own Amazon consumption, you know, like I'm guilty of ordering so much on Amazon just for the convenience. And I've been waking up to how I can transform that as well. But I think I've seen so much more on TikTok and, and online lately about, right. Like same, like the reusable straw example. It's like, why am I drinking my drink out of a soggy paper straw when these like corporations are yeah exactly the environment or these, you know, celebrities are taking private jets everywhere. Right. So it's like, um, it's an interesting conversation, but I think too, something I've looked into as well. And, um, yes, like I think buying secondhand, be it like Poshmark, even like eBay has really great things that can be reworn. And like you said, are exactly what you'd want to get new just to maybe a little bit later, even sites like the real real have like really high end, um, like Chanel, Dior, Louis Vuitton items that are, um, reused and repurposed. But I've been so interested lately in this like concept of a capsule wardrobe, right. Where Mm -hmm. like, even if you want to buy, right. Like new clothes, how can you really create this like capsule wardrobe of fewer pieces that can be used interchangeably? So maybe you're only shopping like once every like few years, right? Like if you have these like in your capsule collection and then thrifting any additions or using like rent the runway for a wedding or an event that you have. So I think this is really environmentally impactful. And I think I'm hopeful even for myself as I start to unpack my own consumption and I am a shopper and I love clothes and, you know, um, I do, but 
I'm starting to unpack it in myself. And so I, I, I think it is getting legs too, for, for sure. This episode is brought to you by base. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested with base at home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with, or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with base complete, which are eight tests upfront for $450. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWPODCAST. To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWPODCAST to receive 20% off with code CWPODCAST at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living. We are very excited to share all about our favorite new plant-based protein powders by Sprout Living. Sprout Living is delicious and we really appreciate the nourishing quality ingredients. Sprout Living protein powders are all USDA organic, vegan, grain-free, soy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, kosher, and non-GMO with a pumpkin seed, yellow pea, and sunflower seed protein blend that offers up to 26 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods, herbs, and spices. They offer sample packs so you can try all their delicious flavors, including original chocolate maca, vanilla lucuma, and green kingdom. What makes Sprout Living different from most plant-based powders is that they avoid the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. I love to use the chocolate maca blend with cashew butter, chia seeds, flax milk, frozen blueberries, and spinach to make a decadent smoothie that tastes just like a chocolate shake. If you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using code CWPODCAST. Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20% off. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money-back guarantee. Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find direct links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Julia, when you're talking about it, I am glad we're talking about this because we haven't, I don't think we've done an episode specifically on this. Not that this episode is only on this, but I'm glad we went here because 
I'm also becoming more conscientious of it. And you are sharing so many of like the environmental and ethical kind of um, impacts that it can have, and also even economic impacts by not shopping in this way. And when you're speaking to all those things, I also kind of had like a light bulb go off about the individual impact it can have where are we talking about like our personal wellness as well. And it's like, you were ta- first, you were talking about microplastics in clothes, which we talk yeah. about plastics or we talk about chemicals. Uh, we talk about mm-hmm. plastics in containers and things like that, that we put our food in. I recently switched to glass, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and reuse it over and over and over again, but also from a hormonal perspective, we're ingesting those plastics. If we, if we use disposable plastic, uh, containers, we, so there's no difference if you're wearing microplastics, right. Or if you're putting on lotion that has chemicals in it. And in the States, we actually have to be even more conscientious of that than in Europe, because there's so many more regulations for beauty products Mm. in Europe than there are here. Um, so that can have deep hormonal effects in the body and things. And, you know, these chemicals or or microplastics and containers can show up as xenoestrogen, which can affect our hormone balance, especially for, for men and women, but for any human really, but especially the reproductive, um, cycle for women. And, but so it was like, oh yeah, wearing microplastics can't be good. And then on top of that, um, this idea of consumerism that you are both just sharing about what I, I find this idea of like, when we're constantly consuming, like what for, right? We talk about not mm-hmm. seeking this idea of happiness outside of ourselves, or we do all these practices to try to really understand and connect with ourselves, with our earth, with each other. And like when we're in a constant cycle of consumerism, like that's, I feel like it's a version of reaching for something to fill, fill something right Mm -hmm. inside of us. And so this idea of whether it's a capsule wardrobe or just trying to kind of become more minimalistic, and it doesn't have to be from a shame point of view. I'm not like, I'm not here to you know, I want to strive for this for myself too, because I think about this idea of, I did some spring cleaning recently. I have like piles of, you know, um, like literature that I'm, you know, newspapers and magazines that I'm recycling Mm -hmm. and like that were just kind of, it's like when you clean and you minimalize what, A, what you're consuming, but also what's in your immediate environment, I think it can have also individual, um, impact in a beneficial way and our mental health, you know, in addition to our own physical health, it's all connected. I think that was my point when you were sharing about how this impacts the environment, the ethical issues with the way these, you know, factories are run, um, both for the humans working inside of them and the environmental impacts of the environment that they have to live in. Um, and then ultimately on the planet, but I was thinking also like, it's all connected, right? If it benefits the environment, if it benefits the community, it can also benefit the individual as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that. 
yeah. I mean, it it really is important to also notice, right, the, the effects it has uh, on just your sanity, because mm-hmm. you know, you know, decluttering and the minimalist movement and the whole like Marie Kondo appreciating what you have is so important to also note, because what you have contributes to what you spend your energy on. If you have, you know, less things cluttering your life you can focus on things that are really meaningful to you and so the capsule wardrobe is actually a great idea Uh, if you are a shopper if you enjoy fashion and want to be sustainable okay you don't have to have a capsule wardrobe however if you don't have that much joy coming from you know just buying like no not I feel like we all have joy from buying however if fashion is not that important to you I feel like I would really encourage you um to rethink what you are what you are what you have and what you are buying and so I think when it comes to capsule wardrobe there are a couple of steps that I would recommend uh, to get into that so first I think I think you have to define what is your style, like plan, just like, you know, like going on a trip. First, you have to think about where you want to go and and how to make that trip kind of um, easy for you. Uh, so I would go to like Pinterest or, or some, kind of, some kind of sites that, you know, you can mm, take a bunch of pictures and, and make a folder of things that you think would fit your style and, and make sure that those are pieces that are always trendy or at least you think will be trendy for longer um so you know there are th- there are things like shirts uh, sweaters turtlenecks jeans you know hoodies those are things that usually stay uh, in style uh, so make sure you 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 are investing in in things that are not just like this uh, huge thing. Usually like there's this rule that is kind of helpful uh, for me that is that if something really booms right now and you feel like everyone is wearing it, then it will probably pass uh, from from style really soon. Um, and I feel like that was the, the deal with like some like Vans shoes, for example, like everyone was wearing them and then no one was wearing them. Uh, and I feel like, Make sure that you are just investing in things long term. And the second thing is investing, right? So we are so attracted to the idea of fast fashion because it's cheap and like we just got used to that. The fact that, you know, a, a t-shirt costs you $5. And and that's bad that we got used to this idea because like it's horrendous if you think about it. Like think about how it was made, the fabrics, the, the, you know, the time that it took to um, grow the cotton, the, you know, how it was like transported to you. It's just like incredible. It's just, no, it's, it's super weird to think that it costs $5, but anyway, make sure that it's, you are investing in pieces that actually uh, maybe cost you more, but therefore will stay with you for longer. Uh, and then you can actually treat yourself. You can buy things that you really wanted to have for a long time because you know that you don't, you are not buying that often and you are investing in pieces that you actually love. You plan it out, you planned it out. So you, you know, you can plan your out- outfits before you even buy them. Um, so I feel like make sure, sh- make sure that it's just reasonable and planned out and and just have fun with it and you can actually treat yourself which i feel like in fast fashion is not something that we do yeah thank you thank you for sharing all this i feel like it's really empowering too because i think sometimes right a lot of the 
over consumerism, right? Or like Ali, you mentioned, right? Like shopping or eating, whatever it may be to seek happiness outside of ourselves to fill up these voids inside. Um, I think sometimes it can be, it's hard. It's such a, it's such a thin line of like not being so like, it can be really scary to like, look at all of this stuff, right? Like it can be really scary. I don't know if you guys, I I know Allie did, but I don't know if you've seen the Netflix film. Don't look up. Right. Like, oh yeah. It made yeah. me so anxious. Yeah. Oh, same. My gosh. Same. So highly recommend if you haven't seen it, but like I felt really sick after I watched that movie. Yeah. And it was it, supposed to be like a comedy and I yeah. felt like, oh my gosh, it was so stressful. And I've heard that from a couple of people. So I, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's about, you know, the climate crisis and how we, we live as a society. And it is a comedy. It's just, um, it's very real. And if you're already awake, yeah. I think it Realistic can be very fiction. scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was so funny. I was talking to my brother's, um, partner and she was basically like, yeah, we watched that movie. And then we just like hugged each other afterwards and like cried. We were so horrified. Um, yeah. but, but I say that because I think sometimes it's like, we watch a movie like that, or we hear, like, I saw a funny, um, tweet a funny real tweet after the uh the Oscars with Will Smith and it was like the craziest thing about Will Smith at the Oscars is um Antarctica is melting faster than we thought it was and like this giant ice cap broke off on the other side of Antarctica that we thought was stable right so it's like and then I went down a rabbit hole and read all about you know the 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 ice melting in Antarctica much quicker than we anticipated but I think sometimes the fear can have the opposite effect, right? Where it's like, oh, well, like we're all just going to die. So like, why not just enjoy or fill this void? You know, I think sometimes it could just make some people bury their heads a little bit deeper um, because it can feel overwhelming. But what we're talking about here, what you're really enlightening us on and your audience on is how easy it is, right? How empowering it is to just start, start small in areas that, um, mean something to you. And for you, right. It's this minimalism, it's this low fashion. And even I have, um, a friend who is very passionate about the climate crisis and she uses her whole platform and she's educated me so much on it more than anyone else. And, you know, she is also, um, she's vegan for climate reasons and ethical reasons, but she's so, amazing about it where she's like, oh, well, if you love cheese and that's holding you back from reducing your meat consumption, reduce your meat consumption, eat cheese. Or if you can't give up bacon, reduce your meat consumption and keep eating bacon, right? Like she's so about, um, not being so dogmatic and scary and intense. And I think that that is nice sometimes because the world we live in is so intense that, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think from an, you, this conversation is really, I think very empowering as opposed yeah. to like, well, if you don't do this, we're all going to die. <laughs> for lack yeah. Of because I feel word. like I, I'm saying that it's easy, but not only that it's easy to do it, but it's actually beneficial. So it doesn't have to be a sacrifice because actually yeah. it made things easier for me. I'm spending, um, like less on the pieces that are because I'm I'm mostly buying secondhand, so I'm buying uh, I'm spending less on the pieces that are actually 
of great quality and also i am giving them a second life and it's like a win-win situation and and i feel like everyone should be doing it um and and you know it's it's not everyone's fault that maybe i should also say that that i'm not shaming anyone if you are if you always were buying this way it's not your fault you know it's how we as a society were you know used to things being um yeah. because of advertisement because of this being so accessible you know it's in every mall it's like the only way uh pretty much to to buy clothes if you were in, in into thrifting and i feel like thrifting, thrifting has become a thing only in like the past couple of years and and before that it was kind of like it, it was uncool to to buy it second hand uh, and now it's i mean i'm i'm super excited that these things are actually becoming mainstream um because like i said it's not not only if it's easy but it's actually so beneficial yeah yeah and i think what erica you're like i don't know what point i'm getting but you actually made a clear point which is that any little shift any little change is still a shift and a change in the right direction so it's like you don't have to go 100, like from zero to a hundred, you could say, Oh, I've never thrifted before. Let me give it a shot this weekend. If I have the impulse to go shopping instead of maybe, you know, going to whatever, something online, you know, H and M online or whatever that you could say like, Oh, I'm going to go and research my local thrift shop. And I know that like, it depends on where you live, but a lot of, um, if you live near a big metropolitan area, I guarantee you there's probably some really cool options too, like really creative artsy. Like I know in LA, there are amazing places. I mean, where the movie industry, where you can get like secondhand, um, just really kind of wild and fun and unique pieces too. So sometimes it does take a little deep diving to find out maybe where they are, what, you know, who, who has those. Um, but, and then there's also like, Oh my gosh. I used to shop at Goodwill all the time. (laughs) Like, I don't think, you know, for anything from a Halloween costume to like, you know, needing even, even like house goods, like, Oh, I could find a cool bowl here, whatever. Yes. So, and I'm, and I'm like into that. Like it makes, then if you buy secondhand, not only like your clothes, but your furniture and for example, like, I don't know, cutlery or something, then I don't know. I've, it's me maybe, but I really like the style of having different things, like from different types. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I love having like different types of plates or different types of furniture that I know has the history behind it. Um, or that, you know, I met the person who sold it to me. I have a lot of like furniture from like some friends who didn't need it anymore. And yeah, it's just, it has a history behind it. It's more meaningful. Um, and I know it's, it's cooler, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's also like when you're younger too, I think like tapping into your friend group is really great. Um, as you, you know, I, as you're sharing with all this, I'm like, oh yeah. Like, especially I used to do, um, swap parties with girlfriends when we wanted new things, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we had a bunch of stuff that we didn't want anymore and we would all just bring it and come together and say like, Oh, here, you can have this. I'll take that. You know, that's a fun option. And yeah, there's ways to, there's ways to do it that sometimes I like, I forget about. And so I'm glad you, yes, enlightened us all to this. And, um, and I'm glad we had this conversation because I do think it really, um, Mm. ties into this idea of weight, like even small steps we can take to feel more empowered, not 
more anxious about all yeah. this difficult stuff that we're dealing with as a, as a globe, really as a, as a human mm. race. Um, and I can't believe it's already time, but we, I'm sure we could talk <laughs> to you for hours and we're excited to <laughs> chat with you again yeah. on one of your episodes. But, um, as we start to wrap up, we ask three questions for all of our sure. guests. So the first one is, um, how do you practice daily self-care? What does your daily self-care look like? And do you have any non-negotiables for yourself? Oh my gosh. I have like so many things to say, but I feel like I've been talking so much today. So I'm going to try to keep it like concise and, and really, um, maybe so I'm just going to like, uh, list some of my favorite practices because you know for me of course the deepest the closest things to my heart is is movement um and so I always start my day with uh, some type of movement so it usually is a run uh, however um sometimes you know, I've been currently working with a, a movement therapist. Uh, we're also making a series on the podcast together. And we are really diving deep into the idea of making movement intuitive and, and listening to what your body is telling you. And sometimes you wake up and you don't feel like, I, I don't feel like I want to go for a run. Um, sometimes I don't feel like moving at all. Uh, or, you know, so sometimes it's yoga. Sometimes it's just some gentle stretches. Um, or sometimes it's the, the intuitive movement practice that I've been recently trying out. So it's basically just standing, maybe putting on some music just to make things more like less awkward and, and just moving the way your body tells you to. Um, and it can look very weird. It's important to not be judgmental. Um, so I've been also trying that, uh, which has been really game-changing. Uh, so sometimes some, some type of movement is a great way to start a day, especially if it's also mm, something that gets you outside, you know, in the sun. Uh, it has been, you know, there are countless studies that prove uh, how important it is to have sun exposure um, just for like for your hormonal health. And, but it's like, you don't even have to drink coffee in the morning if you just if you just get outside and move. It really uh, changes your entire. I mean, changes my entire mood. Um, so I feel like movement is is such an important uh, factor. Um, but yeah, and then of course some kind of mindfulness practice uh, is is incredibly uh, incredibly important for me. Uh, and usually, you know, if if I have time for a full meditation, that's great. But what I've learned in the past with, you know, I, I, I had periods where I wasn't that consistent with meditation. And that was because I had like too many expectations for how it should yeah. feel, how it should be. I should meditate for like 30 minutes or or nothing. And yeah, and I ended up doing nothing. So if I if I don't have time, then I just sit for, for three minutes and I focus on how my body feels. I focus on my thoughts. I focus on my breath. And so just doing those tiny micro meditations uh, and then kind of also holding yourself sometimes just responding to to what your body needs and being like physical with yourself I feel like it's also important to like develop the relationship with you have with yourself um I've been a very big like proponent of talking to yourself um and and just asking your I what I do is I usually ask myself questions when I am like anxious or something anxious or something I would just say like okay Julia what is going on how can we um just you know solve this problem and 
and how can or or when I don't have a problem I I sometimes ask myself how can I be of help today or what is my intention for the day and if you are not into talking to yourself because you think that's weird what you can do is journal and uh, I think like that's more like, like that's an easier way to just get into that and of course then you can try a gratitude practice mm-hmm. which is like I have so many tips like I've been talking <laughs> about this for like two years so uh, there's like an endless uh, well of of different practices but like also you know just just spending time with the people you love uh, I feel like facetiming right now is such so important like this is such a great opportunity for us that we haven't had you know in in past years that I have 10 minutes I'm commuting I will always like call or FaceTime my friends uh, and because like you know it's hard to to find time to do that in day but it's so game-changing and and you don't have to spend a full hour and yeah. you just call them randomly and it just can change your entire mood yeah thank you thank you for sharing all of that those are great tips and everyone's going to need to go check out your platform <laughs> to hear all of your great wisdom but the next question that we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you yeah so i feel like coming back to to what i said earlier i feel like this is choosing to do something for yourself despite the fact that it's uncomfortable it's I mean, it's courageous wellness. It's doing something for yourself. Courageous, you know, it's just it's just doing the uncomfortable thing. Uh, but I feel like courage is not something that, we, like we, we say that, you know, courage is like being brave, but I feel like it's it's not like being a, a soldier, but I feel like on some days, courage is just saying that tomorrow is another day and, and courage is, it's just on some days courage is just showing up despite that you just every cell in your body screams I don't want to I found this quote um by Mary Ann Radmacher that really is close to my heart and it says um courage doesn't always roar sometimes courage is the silent voice at the end of the day that says I will try again tomorrow so I feel like courage is sometimes just you know knowing when to say enough sometimes it's knowing or it's just it's just saying sorry or just it's saying I love you or just saying yes or saying no and I feel like if you if you are working or acting from a place of all the love and compassion that you have for yourself instead of acting from a place of resentment or or insecurity this is courage for me thank you And the final question is, do you have a book recommendation you would want to share with any of our listeners? Oh, you know, this is actually like, you're really challenging me. And this is actually physically painful that I'm supposed to give like just a few book recommendations. Um, I'm such a reader and I feel like depending on, um, oh, the most recently, the most game-changing book for me was Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. And I feel like you probably heard about it hundreds of times and it's a big book. However, it really changes your perspective on humanity. Uh, You can learn about why we do the things we do. Why are we lazy sometimes? Why do we think in terms of patterns? Why are we filled with so much prejudice but also why do we love also why are we so um 
why are we a, why are we such such a spiritual species um you can learn about consumption um and the history of that you can learn about the meat industry so many things and like it really if you if you don't if you are not a big listener that i if you are not a big reader then i would recommend listening to to the audiobook it sounds but, so good. You really like sold me on it. I'm definitely going to download it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is really the most eye-opening book when it comes to like how we approach ourselves as as a species as a whole, but also yeah. then it tells you a lot about yourself as an individual because you learn about, you know, the history of the human race from the beginning basically. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Julia, for sharing everything you've shared with us today. For anyone who wants to find you, follow you, listen to your podcast, find your platform, where can they do all of those things? Okay, so you can visit our website. It's beingbetter.info and everything else will be on there. But we are also on the Instagrams and that's beingbetter.pod. Um, and yeah, I think I've currently like, I recently I started a, a TikTok account, which I'm trying out and I feel, I don't know, kind of stumbling in the dark on there, but I think it's like being better underscore. But I feel like if you go to to the website, then you can find everything else on there. And yeah, we're excited to to share with you everything that you know I've found recently and, and did experiments on myself or there are a lot of uh, great conversations with with experts that you can find in the feed of of the being better podcast and yeah I also wanted to just thank you for inviting me to speak on here and it's been such a pleasure to you know meet you both and and have this meaningful conversation thank you so much our pleasure as well thanks for tuning in to another episode of courageous wellness Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.